1: New Zealand or Australia on the SEN or SENZ. Welcome to Repco Race Control on a Thursday evening. It's uh, gone 701 with MacIver and Murph in your house or your car or wherever you are listening to us. A bit of Rick James got to have a little bit of Rick James when he says give it to me baby, well we're going to give it to you over the next two hours, nothing but pure hardcore motorsport and it's always a pleasure to have Murph live and loud in the studio, fresh back from testing at Winton with Richie Stanaway and the 51 Erebus Commodore Murph uh, must be nice we'll talk about it later but how, how, just briefly how satisfying was it to hop back and go oh I can still do this okay and I'm saying okay because I know you you haven't been in it for such a long time. It's a car, and I've driven cars a lot. So <laughs> yeah. you're going
2: to get back in it and drive it, okay? Mm. Um, it just, you know, what are you comparing it to? So yeah, um, I'm comparing to Richie Stanaway at the moment, and um, he's spanking me. So, so, and this is an obvious question. Which I, ex-
1: I expected, yeah, he would. He'll be the lead driver, right? He'll be the number one driver. And you'll well, be you don't put the slow driver as the lead driver. You put the <laughs> you put the fast driver as the how, lead driver. How, 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 briefly, how far behind are
2: you? Uh, sort of 1.3, 1.4 seconds uh, a lap. That's a bit a. Eh?
1: Yeah, it's a lot. That's okay, but you know where you're at. I mean, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly
3: <laughs> where I'm at.
2: It's one point four seconds yeah. a lap slower. What
1: are the ca- What are the cars like now? From what you're
2: used to, oh, you very done. different. Very, yeah. very different, yeah, very different. I've, I've, got a, I've got all this, you know, it's like um, um, your computer operating software. Mine's um, about eight years old and there's, an, and there's a new a version that's just been released and <laughs> I've not updated. Oh, wow, that's a good yeah. way of looking at it. Yeah, so, you know, you, do you want the old operating software that, um, <laughs> you know, is, is only about 70% as good as the new, st- new one and keep working with that or do you want the new, new stuff which is, you know, hyper-fast and, and up-to-date?
1: can That's you keep up
2: well not at the moment no <coughs> it's yeah. 1.4 seconds <laughs> a lap so you can't don't, keep up
1: uh no but the, i suppose the question remains um you feel good though is it good just to be back in a, it a roaring V8? it
2: was quite good quite good fun and, and the cars are um they are uh very different to drive and they yeah. actually feel more like a gt car they don't um, oh. don't they don't feel like as i say what my brain and body um Mm You know, was was used to. So it's 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 about trying to change um, the thinking behind it and actually apply apply it (coughs) differently and and use the information, the data to um, to adjust and adapt.
1: We'll talk about the challenge a little bit later, around 8.30 after we've gone through. Uh, It's a busy old day, not too far away from talking to Nick Cass, the Formula E driver with Envision Racing. He's not having a great season with uh, Formula E Murph, but he is going to be racing in Le Mans in a Ferrari. And we're going to catch up with him in Le Mans. They've already just gone through, I think it was uh, qualifying practice too. There's another one uh, not too far away. He did say, make sure you wake me up. He was going to bed early, uh, but he is up. We're, we're told he's and he's not too far away. We'll also talk to hopefully Mitch Evans, winner of the Jakarta E-Pren. Avalon's got lots to talk about in the motorsport and uh, the two wheels world, man. What's going on? We'll, we'll tell you what's happened with Jack Miller uh, after eight o'clock this evening. So I think uh, Nick is Nick with us now. Uh, Nick Cassidy, good morning from Le Mans. Bonjour. Bonjour.
3: Bonjour, guys. <laughs> you?
1: Oh that's a that's a very that's a very fresh
2: accent this there, Nick.
3: Very good. I've uh, I've I've just woken up. I'm uh I'm completely not with it. But what, um, what time is it? Nine,
1: I think. Oh for oh, God. Oh, no, 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 sorry, mate. Sorry we woke you up. No, really hey, apologetic I, about no, nine o'clock no, no, in the morning. No, 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 no. There's a no, reason behind no, it. Because he was up late. Yeah, but you were driving were you driving late in this qualifying, or what's the story? Because you said I'll oh, I'll have got to bed at two forty five in the morning, so I'm not sure if I'll pick up the phone. What is the story?
3: <laughs> yeah, um, we had a big day yesterday, actually. There was there was practice, three hour practice. There was a an hour qualifying and then there was um night practice from, from oh.
1: 10 till midnight. Oh, okay. Um, so why did you get to bed then, at 2.45 uh,
2: in the morning? got to do debriefs after you've finished up the session there, Stephen. Is that right, now?
3: Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Okay, exactly. so uh, the
1: good news is I hear that your AF a Ferrari
3: is in hyperpole. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what does that
2: mean? Tell us.
3: So... Uh, there's a qualifying session yesterday and then uh, basically the top 6 from each class go through to a to a shootout today um, where you get given two extra sets of tyres and go have a crack so that's quite quite nice to be through the top 6 and um, yeah is
2: that, and do yeah, all um, the, all the cars the top 6 in uh, LMGTE Pro LMGTE M and then and the other classes LMP2 and Hypercar do they all go out in the same at the same time
3: yeah, exactly. So right. it's not easy to get a lap. Um, the start of the session is is usually okay, you know, that, that first push or two because you go out of the pits in a line and the classes kind of separate um, and, and you get a clear lap or so. But obviously once you get further into that session, uh, the high risk is, of traffic and things.
2: Right, so, And who's who's uh, representing your car in that session?
3: So I did quality we were, um, we were P3, yep. 23 cars in our class, so I was quite happy with that. It was, it was all good. Um, but, yeah, realistically, I mean, there's still uh, still a lot of games going on, and, and we won't really know who's who's quick until the race. Okay, um, so, so can you tell us about me? the games? Yeah, the games. What
1: are the games?
3: Um, well, you know, there's there's three manufacturers in... in uh, gt pro and, and three manufacturers and gtm with um with us we've got the smr and the porsche and the, the ferrari and, and, and the pro there's the the corvette as well um and it's it's all about bop and it's what nearly a four minute lap here as you know Murph, like there's a bit of straight line stuff mm. and and you want the best bop possible right so it's a a constant argument but um yeah, with Ferrari we got hit pretty hard yesterday morning before practice. So, uh,
1: oh, yeah. Can, can you explain uh, that? Can you explain yeah. BOP, which I understand is balance of performance? So, when you say you got hit, can you explain to those that don't understand it what happened?
3: Well, basically, the the ACO, FAA, they have access to every car's data and and sector times and, and speed traps and and whatnot and. Um, they're using that data to constantly change the the engine think, performance yeah. or, or downforce or, or weight of, of the cars, exactly. Um, it, even fuel capacity to, to try and make it all as even as possible between the manufacturers, right? And you know, we had a, a test day, the prologue, on, on Sunday where they used that data to try and make those adjustments, but obviously everyone's hiding as much as possible, and I guess we didn't hide well enough. <laughs>
2: Oh, is that right? So so did the adjustment get made to uh, all the Ferraris, like LMGT Pro as well as the M class? Everyone got an adjustment?
3: Yeah, so the, um, the BOP is done on the Pro class, and then the AM is the uh-huh. offset. So from the Pro class, we have slightly more weight, slightly less power. Um, so, yeah, we're we're <laughs> constantly looking at, at the Pro boys and <laughs> what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, who, who knows, mate? Like, I, I'm still... I'm pretty new to the BOP game as well. The yep. other categories I've been in haven't had it. But, um, yeah, just, just doing what I'm told.
1: So are you going to quality the car? Are you going to try and quality the car? You've done one quality. Yeah, but are you, yeah. Are the hyper The, the hyper pole?
3: Yeah, I'll do the, do the hyper pole, yeah. Well, yeah. Who,
1: who are you driving with?
3: I'm driving with uh, Francesco Castellacci, an Italian guy, and <laughs> Thomas Flohr, a Swiss guy.
2: You sound like the who's the who's the M? Are you the? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe maybe me, maybe me. <laughs> maybe me. <laughs> in, in, in theory, both. So in the the AM, you've got to have a, a gold, silver, and bronze. Right. Francesco is the silver, and Thomas the the bronze. Yeah. Ah,
1: okay. okay. So, so there's a
2: gold, silver, bronze in the AM. I can, didn't. Can I didn't realise
1: that. Can you explain that? that? Because I was asking, going to ask the question about the AM. So so Nick, the AM meaning you've got to have amateur one or two amateur drivers, correct? Or both amateur drivers and one pro, which you are.
3: Yes, exactly, and um, and the the bronzes. Uh, how would you how would you describe a bronze? Murph, maybe yeah. you're better than me at this.
2: Uh, well, they they're not a. I mean, let's just call them gentlemen drivers, right? So the let's just be straight with it. Yes. Um, wealthy individuals that want to yeah. go car racing, but they've they're businessmen, successful, whatever. Most of them, you know, they've got some money and they've bought themselves a, a ride. Um, and but they're not a. You know, the yeah. car racing wasn't their 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 life. I okay. suppose is it.
1: <clears throat> so a bit like what we see with New Zealand endurance series, a lot, yeah, exactly. of, a lot of so a lot of those gentlemen drivers, will be bronze drivers. So what's a silver driver? But,
2: you, but, but I suppose to put into context yeah. as well, you look at there's 23 cars in the pro, uh, sorry, in the GTE Am class that Nixon, and there's only seven cars in the GTE Pro class. So there's 23. That's a lot of cars that are being funded, right, Nick, by. By guys that are not professional race car drivers, and putting all these cars on the grid and creating a whole lot of, gen- you know, generation of, of um, revenue and stuff for race teams and all that kind of stuff to go racing.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, to put a car on the grid here is probably nearly one and a half million euros these days, just over a million, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And so.
2: And you're like taking you know, seven hundred and fifty euro for of that for your salary, right?
3: Oh, here we go. No, I mean just, I mean just for the moment, <laughs> right? just for. Just for a one-off, and um, and it's got to come from somewhere. And from yeah, the manufacturer's yeah. point of view, they put a, put on a car or two, but yeah, the rest has got to come so, so from somewhere. The, the the silver guys are uh, strong drivers in theory. I mean, there there are a lot of silvers, you know, who who maybe shouldn't be. And there's always that debate. And and you're looking for the best silver you can. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the gold and silver. There's not normally much to to separate them.
1: Did, were you aware? That I didn't think I didn't know there was only seven in the GTEs uh, pros and Shane SVG's team missed out. There's only six going to yeah, half. What, what was up with their car? Something was wrong with it.
3: Um, Why? Well, well, <laughs> hard for me to comment too much, to be honest. SVG looks like he's doing a doing a pretty good job. <laughs> we're both first time here and um, having a lot of chats, like how you find in it, what's the car like, and track and whatever. But, um, yeah, it's just uh Why no comment, Nick? Yeah, why well, they why, were, hell, they why were, no comment?
1: They were
2: three seconds, why, sort of three-odd no. seconds slower than the, the other Ferraris.
3: Yeah, I guess I think that quality was a bit of a mess and maybe they didn't get a, a clear lap or so. The, the gap between them and the other Ferraris had been well, similar. They were pretty similar yeah, yeah. in practice and things. Yeah, right? yeah.
2: So, That's what uh, I meant, I suppose. Something, I, something doesn't I look right. I think
3: absolutely. it's... It's just, it's just the games, man. To be honest. Okay. Without saying too hey, much. It's, so,
2: yeah, yeah. so this, but let's just talk about you're at Le Mans. I mean, forget all the, all that other crap and stuff. How, how cool is it, really, to just be in a <laughs> car driving at this goddamn race track, which Mega. I, I think is just amazing. <laughs> <Mega>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never spoken too much about it, how you found it and stuff, but um. I, in the hospitality with Ferrari is uh, Stefano Ortelli. Oh yeah. Oh he's really? Come up to me. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's come yeah. up and had a chat and stuff. And, and then the whole whole event is insane, huh? like you Yeah. Work, it's a pretty big venue, obviously and and there's just a massive buzz flat out in the paddock. You know, you you can be 4 seconds off the pace and still feeling pretty good that you're at Le Mans. You know it's, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty insane event.
2: Yeah, that's cool Yeah, well, you mentioned Stefan Ortelli, So when I drove at Le Mans in 1996 Stefan was was in, in the t- same team as me And he went on to be factory Porsche and all sorts of stuff, didn't he? He was a very successful um, race car driver, French, French man um, So, yeah, haven't seen him
1: for a yeah, long time yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. Hey, um Hey, I, I have to ask this question But what's going on in Formula E with you, buddy?
3: Dude, I'm asking the same thing
1: <laughs> Okay
3: it's been a shocker, absolute shocker. Um, I've had, I think we, we last spoke after Rome. Um, I went to Monaco and, and I had a, a really good car at Monaco, I must say. And um, I, was, I was quick in practice, uh, first first run of quali, mega. And, and I made a mistake in, in, in quali. I hit the wall on my second run. And then I started last. It was another one of those races. Coming from the back to top ten again was really strong, and from there I was still pretty pretty positive. We we had great speed, but I must say the last last two races as a team we've been um, we've really struggled. So yeah, hasn't hasn't been uh, nice the last two weekends. We just have haven't been fast enough. Really, really that simple. I'd say earlier earlier on in the season, you know, I missed out opportunities when I had a good car, and and the last two weekends we haven't been quick enough. So. We've got to we've got to start turning that around pretty quickly. And, and when you're
2: saying that, I mean, um, you know, Formula E is uh, obviously very technical. Um, and, uh, you know, the software and the, all those bits and pieces uh, involved with the delivery of the the power at, um, to electric motors and conserving battery and all that kind of stuff. What Just when you're yeah. at, actually in qualifying, what are the things that – is it actually just been chassis balance and and corner speed and tire switching the tire on, or what exactly have you been really struggling to get get on top of?
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good point because there's so many systems and controls right mm. with, with the electric motor that you can play with. But honestly, I think we're in a, a good window with that. We've just um, been to. to two tracks recently that have very different surfaces and we're struggling with the tires and actually the mechanical aspect of the cars. Um, we, I mean, Mitch has spoken about it a lot in the past. I think they've got it a fair bit more sorted now this year, but Berlin, for example, run on these big concrete like blocks from literally from the world war. And, um, it's a really, really different surface to anything you'd come across in the rest of the world. And, um, Historically, we've always struggled there and we went into 12 months of homework and went back there this year and said, no, no, we're going to be better and facing the exact same issues. So, um, yeah. yeah, whatever we looked into wasn't quite right, but it's, um, of course, frustrating. However, we're going to go to tracks again that are, are back on normal surfaces, so I'm not really panicking. It's just been a, a bit of a shit run.
1: So you're not questioning the decision to get out of where you were in Japan and, and take this challenge on in Formula E?
3: No, man. I mean, like, I'm also racing DTM, I'm racing in WEC, I'm racing in Le Mans. Um, I think I've, I've been, been pretty quick on the occasion. I've just been having a, a bad season and so far in FE, so I don't think you can ever look at it like that. Um, I'm pretty lucky with where I'm at in my career. and In the end, um, it's all good. It's just yeah, some seasons don't really go to plan sometimes.
2: Hey, what's up next with um, DTM as well?
3: Yeah, Imola next weekend. Oh, wow. Um, oh, man, it's, it's busy. had one, had one round. <clears throat> yeah, it's busy. It's busy. We're on yeah, you know, Straight after Le Mans, I fly to the UK. We test a new Gen 3 car um, with Jake and Paul Marie on Tuesday.
1: Looks cool. So it should be quite nice. Looks cool. Saw the Porsche pictures yeah, today. Wow.
3: It looks wicked. Seriously?
2: Oh mate, don't don't even start. Don't even start. I think think the new Gen Three car is mega.
3: Let's not let. You're kidding me, right? But we've, but we've got, we've, we've, got one, we've got one in the crowd.
2: Mate. We've got we've got we've got very different design philosophies <laughs> on what looks good. Um, yeah. Sitting here in the uh, studio, mate. Um, but anyway, moving moving on. Yeah. Well, you, so you are yeah. busy. I mean, yeah, going to Imola, and you're yeah. driving a Ferrari. Yeah. <clears throat> the Tafosi must you must. You How's your Italian? I mean, your French is rubbish. How's your Italian? <laughs> <laughs> Just as good
3: just as good, <laughs> just um, as good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you know the, the, yeah. I, there's only one thing I'm jealous yeah. of you doing right <clears throat> I look at your Instagram and I look at Mitch Evans Instagram you boys you're posse you must be living life large it looks like a whole heap of fun you're, you're living life to the fullest cool.
3: I think yeah Mitch, Mitch is sitting in the, sitting in the bar high and I'm just trying to tag along mate you know, <laughs> he's going good at the moment yeah, he's got yeah. more time on his hands.
2: He's got more time on his hands, which means yeah. he's obviously getting paid more than you are in Formula E. So you, you're, you know, you're doing, you're doing all these these categories, and he's, I mean, he's just doing the, you know, the odd race here and there in an electric car. I mean, you're, you're, putting, you're, you're working
3: uh, hard, bro.
1: You're working hard.
3: Yeah, I'm just not such a young guy anymore trying to earn a dollar, man. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's Boy, right. My, bleed, that's healthy, my yeah.
1: bleeding heart. Hey, yeah. what's
3: what's for breakfast this morning, by the way? <laughs>
1: what's for breakfast?
3: I've, I have no idea. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes.
1: The, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, someone <laughs> will the, bring, uh, bring it on a plate for you. Good morning, Mr. Bonjour, oh, Mr. Here Cassidy. We go. Here, we here, go. Here, here is your <laughs> croissant and your, your coffee. Yeah. All right, mate. Hey, look, a real pleasure talking right. to you as well. And thank, hey, thanks. Hey,
3: for... if, you've got, if you've got one, one minute, one minute. Here yeah, you go. Murph, how was, the, um, how was the test, man?
2: Oh, mate, I'm I, slow. I
3: read the news. And... Really? Oh, yeah. Say the number. Say the stand number.
2: Stan is just spanking me. Absolutely, man. He just got back in that car like he the last time he drove one was like last was week.
3: Was he on it? oh he's on it. Oh, that's
2: pretty cool to have though. Very cool.
3: Very
2: yeah, okay. cool. That's nice. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's um, fully enthusiastic and and stuff. I mean, it was I actually quite enjoyed getting back in it and and um, treating the car like it was sort of you know my car rather than doing TV. Sort of um, skits with them and and being very very careful. So it was good to get back in it and have a drive. But sure. they've just moved nice on. Yeah. They really they've the the what uh, generates speed now is just so different to what it um, it was when you know I was doing it in a more of a professional capacity. But the cars feel really good. They're, they're more like a GT car now to drive than what they you know what they were eight years ago. Very different. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Nice. Mm. I um I did a evaluation day with Erebus twenty nineteen. That's right. Yeah. Winton, yeah. I, I c cu- I couldn't believe like the the grip and the balance of a supercar these days, right? Yeah. Compared to yeah. Well you you, you drove surface as well as
2: Well you drove one, you know, one an older win generation win. car, you know, quite a few years ago. Um I don't know if you probably yeah. I mean so you had a little bit of a reference to it and that would have been quite a shock, the difference between them, mate.
3: Eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hmm. Um but your reference was a fair bit more recent
2: obviously. Yeah, but they've just so, the way that they oh, the way they've managed yeah. to, to generate more grip and the aero the arrow in the car is very noticeable. Their aero balance and how stable they are under brakes and stuff is, is um is a, is the biggest biggest shift. Really noticeable. But yeah, was I quite enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, okay. Nice.
1: He's ripped too mate. Right. He's working out hard. He's ripped. He's cut like you wouldn't believe. <sighs> yeah. Hey? <laughs> all right, mate. Hey, thanks for. Th- hey, best, well, of right. over, best of luck. Best of luck at the weekend, buddy. Go well. Be Enjoy. safe. Be, Enjoy. But be safe too, eh? That's a hell of a track, and we're incredibly jealous. But we'll keep an eye on you.
3: I appreciate that, guys. Thanks very much. Huh? Yeah. See you, bud
1: Nick Cassidy, man, he's he's living the life, isn't
2: he? Oh yeah, but it's hard. It, you know, it, it, that's the thing. You got to put it in perspective. I mean, it's he's he is uh, enjoying it. And but he is putting in a lot of effort. I mean, he is doing a lot of travel. I mean, it all sounds glamorous and wonderful mm. and awesome, and he's at Le Mans. But man, th- there's a lot of pressure on on his shoulders. And and his you know what's going on in Formula E at the moment. That's not fun. Yeah. That's not enjoyable. No. He's not he's not just roaming wandering around going oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. Um it's a job. You, know, it's it's a, a, you know he's he's th- he'll be feeling pressure. He'll be feeling pressure. And and. You know he's made a couple of mistakes as well but then the team hasn't performed and doing you know hasn't provided him what he's doing but he said he was going good at, at monaco yeah. and then he clips the wool and qualifying so those kinds of things they have impacts so it's it's all it's all you know it sounds great and he's and, he's, and he is living a great life but he's also working
1: very, very hard. What I like the fact is that people want him in their cars. Yeah, yeah and and that probably comes off the back of how good he was in G- GT in Japan oh. and Formula. Well,
2: he's not there because he went crap in Japan.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. there because he went fantastic yeah. in Japan. He's one, he's one of those guys you want to have a big break. I don't know what it is. I just like the cat. He's a good cat.
2: Yeah, but, you know, but but he's in a Ferrari. He's doing stuff with Ferrari. You know, what are Ferrari doing in a couple of years or next year? What are they doing?
1: Uh, WEC, WEC and hypercar. Yeah. See BMW. Uh, uh, BMW's car is unbelievable. Well, did you like the look of it? It looks gorgeous. Not as nice as the Persia though. I'm still a fan of that Peugeot.
2: So that, so that stuff's XR, happening, right? So, so there's, you know, they're going to need drivers for all that
1: stuff. So he's, and they'll pay. You, you know, it all it all sort of adds up. Uh, just a, just a little reminder okay so we've got SVG in, a, in the GTE Pro so only seven cars six qualify uh they didn't qualify Nixon and a Ferrari in the GTMs they are qualifying in the hyperpole he's told us he will qualify uh Brendan Hartley's in the number eight hypercar there's only five hyper cars. Uh, so he'll they'll qualify. He d- he didn't do a great first. Yeah, but I don't know who's going to be driving that. We don't know who's driving that car. we not to qualify. No, I don't know who's qualifying that car. But Kobayashi was the quickest in well, first. Ever. And there's those Glickenhaus. Well, whoever whoever drove the car in the
2: qualifying sessions. Will be the person who does it at the It Was Brendan? Brendan?
1: Brendan? And he got a really bad qualifying well, session. They, they, they had some, they had problems. They had suspension issues over ten seconds yeah, off the suspension pace. issues, and then there was a red flag, and it was getting wet. So, yeah, so. but a lot to look forward to. Uh, fun fact: you know the actor Michael Fussbender? Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about him? Uh, As crashes Porsche at the first chicane in the Malzahn straight, he's racing. So it's just it was one of those. Well, so There's an example of someone who will be a bronze driver. And he's doing it because he can. He can. Yeah, fair there enough. You, you are listening to Repco Race Control with Mackay from over 7.25. We'll take a wee break, come back and talk Formula E. And a man that's only 12 points off the lead of the Formula E Championship, hopefully he'll pick up the phone, and that is Mitch Evans. <laughs> oh,
0: what's he going to do? You want to get down? Gonna do? Do you wanna get out? What you gonna do? You wanna get
1: out? I think you get the idea. This is Murphy and McIver. This is Repco Race Control at half past seven on a Thursday evening, June 9, 2022. Uh, we've just been talking to Nick Cassidy driving in the GTM class and an AF course of Ferrari for Le Mans live on Sky Sport all this weekend. So you know Murph and I'll be uh, having a wee chat about that on Sky Speed on Tuesday evening. Mr. Murph, you'll say Mr. but Av, who, Avalon, who we talked uh, talk to a little later on at eight o'clock uh, filled in admirably. You of course pleased. she did admirably she did say she wanted to come back, so we mm. might we might be flipping coins as to who who doesn't turn up in a couple of weeks. Who, mm. who, who knows? Uh, we t- Nick was talking to us about penalties they received because of all this balance of performance, uh, them trying to even up the field. Uh, he just texted you what, what went down, what did go down.
2: Yeah, so um, they announced on Wednesday, published in a bulletin on Wednesday, that the Ferrari 488 GTE Evos and both the GT Pro and GT AM classes were given reductions in the turbo boost pressure, so obviously engine... Performance, yeah. and they also uh, had the maximum fuel capacity in the car uh, changed as well. So, um, uh, as oh sorry, and there's also uh, there was a change permitted to the minimum rear wing angle. So, how much wing you can take off, obviously for straight line speed. So they were given penalties in all those areas. So, you know, quite significant really overall. Um, the fuel capacity was. Um, changed. Uh, they lost three liters uh, respectively for each pro and M and they're running slightly different. So they were down to 87 and 84 liters respectively. Which actually isn't a lot of fuel, so that obviously determines how many
1: laps you can do around that racetrack. So, so how many? Okay, so if I can just step in there, so there's those hypercars do. Well, he said it's like a four minute lap.
2: Well, it's it's three minutes. You know, they qualified oh, the at three minutes yeah. fifty three in the in the in the GT class. Okay, right, yeah. and the hypercars are doing uh, three twenty seven. So it's sort of 30 you know, not quite thirty seconds yeah. difference.
1: So I mean, how many? are uh, you take three liters out. How many le- less laps do you think that? Well, they'll use a lot
2: more than three liters in. One lap, so oh, it it, it, okay. it becomes a, a oh yeah it's it, we're talking uh, three minutes fifty two and you're flat out. The amount of full throttle around Le Mans is is huge. It's enormous. So they I don't know how many laps they'll get out of a stint, uh, considering mm. they've only got eighty seven liters in those cars. Uh, uh, maybe it's only ten laps a stint or something potentially. That's not a lot, isn't it? No, that's so not a lot, a lot of, of pit stops, a lot of pit stops. But when it's but when you're talking three minutes fifty, let's, like, let's say let's just say it's yeah. four minutes, ten
1: laps. That's forty minutes. Yeah, okay. That's that's still that's yeah. a, that's a hell of a stint, right? Let's say it is. I don't know uh, exactly what it so, is So, uh. okay, you got three drivers, twenty four hours. What are the? How do you work the stints out? Is it just like three well, hours minimum? Eight, three eighths
2: of twenty four? No, no. So there's minimums. So you've got, um, uh, I don't know what it is again. But um, we could have asked Nick what the minimums were. But he'll have he'll have a maximum time that he's allowed to drive, and then there'll be minimum for those bronze and silver drivers that they have to do. Mm. Every single driver will have to do a minimum amount of laps, mm-hmm. and so they've got to they've got to work that out through strategy, weather, the night, all that kind of stuff to work out. You know who's in the car when to get try and get the best out of out of the car, the conditions um, all, all the way
1: through it. So you, it's, it's a it's a hell of a strategy sort of situation. You've raced Le Mans. Well, I mean, yeah, only once. It doesn't matter. You've raced Le Mans, right? How mm. daunting was it? It was massively
2: daunting. It was not so much. I'm um, going back for the race. Um. Again, it was like me on uh, yesterday, uh, driving the supercar again for the first time. It's like you, yeah, you know, you, you. I went for pre qualifying, so we had to go to pre qualifying, which was a few weeks before the race uh, when I did it, and that was daunting because we actually had to to get ourselves into the race, right? So we had to do a time to get ourselves in. There was there was too many cars for the field. In 1996, so you had to pre-qualify. So the pressure was on to actually even get in the race, and there'd been so much money and time and effort put into it. So the thought of missing out, and I'd never driven the track before. There's no simulators you know, you, we got to drive around in a road car and then you're in the race car. There was no other way to know where the track went. So, you know, for the for pre-qualifying, I was learning a 13.8-kilometre racetrack that I'd never seen before, doing 315 kilometres an hour four times in a lap, you know, on, on, on a racetrack that was just, like, blew my brain apart. And I didn't... Um, I didn't actually find the groove and actually get comfortable until the middle of the night. I was in a in a double stint. We were doing thirteen laps back then uh, in a Porsche a nine eleven Porsche GT two, um, so you know uh, five hundred eighty odd horsepower um, nine eleven. You know we're talking H pattern, no sequential gearboxes, no paddle shifts. She's an H pattern bloody gearbox, so nothing special, nothing flash. She's she's you know, old school.
1: Hand off the wheel.
2: Yeah, yeah, and um, and it was the middle of the night in a double stint, so I did, um, you know, uh, one set of tyres, because we didn't need to change tyres, doesn't use tyres that hard, and it was in the middle of the night, and finally things started to click, and I found a whole lot of time all of a sudden um, in, uh, during the race, because I was able just to actually relax and actually find a rhythm around the place, and there's some parts on that racetrack that are just, yeah, they, you know, it just blow your mind, are really difficult. Any ones where you sucked your sphincter in a bit went... Ooh. Oh, lots, I mean, lots and lots and lots. I mean, it was um, it was just... I, I never I wanted to go back, more wanted to go back, just so I could actually, um, you know, be more relaxed the next time and actually know what to expect. But you go there the first time you go to race, I mean, it's just like you're just wide open, these eyes wide open, just like trying to take everything in. Here you are in the pit lane at Le Mans for the biggest sports car race in the world, and... And and really, it's hard to enjoy because it's just it's just mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. So, um, you know, it's a race I always wanted to do another one of, but
1: never did. And so the, the bucket has been ticked. You know, the list, bucket list has been ticked. I mean, when you look at experiences that you've had, where does that sit? Well, it, it, it rates right up there as one of the most amazing experiences, but but
2: it was all such a blur, really, and it's so long ago that you sort of, you know, that uh, that that feeling is gone. You know, you, you want to go back to, to actually experience the vibe and the feeling
1: again. Because it's because it's a 24-hour race and, you know, you've got, as we call them, the gentleman drivers out there, is there an element of danger that's too much for some drivers? Do you think?
2: Uh, I don't know what they actually have got to do, or if there's a regulation around um, going there. What the qualification is to actually be permitted to race there? I, don't, I would expect there is one. The FIA would must have must have something to actually. Um, you know, for all the drivers to have to have competed at a certain level in, 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 in other races or other, mm. you know, events at some stage in those cars, I would think. Um, again, I don't know because – but, yes, you, you know, you need to have – you know, have got to have your wits about You've got to have people driving these cars, and they're very, very fast race cars. You know, all these GT cars are super fast. Um, so you know you've you've got to make sure that everyone in there is, is is trustworthy with a vehicle like that at those speeds. So I assume that there's some sort of qualification kind of process that you've got to go through to be able to get there.
1: What is that moment like when you find your rhythm? Is it, is it a click? You, is one corner you went ah oh, now I get it, or is it I'm sitting on the straight going? Thinking about the next corner, or do you have time? Well, there's parts of the racetrack you break it up.
2: There's parts of the racetrack that are quite uh, simple and and uh, you know quite normal, and you can compare it to lots of other racetracks you go to and how you approach the corner and the braking zones and all that. And then there's other parts of the track that t- it's completely unique. And the the Porsche curves, um, which is in the last sector of the race of the track, um, it's uh, you know you you go down the down the uh, down the Mulsanne through all the chicanes. Um, uh, to the hairpin. What the hell's a hairpin called? I can't even remember the name of it now. It's very famous hairpin and then you start coming back up towards the pit again um, and you, you go up this very long straight section uh, where Mark Webber flipped the Mercedes all those year, years ago and then you go through a section called Indi- Indianapolis and, um, and then you start um, ac- accelerating again up to the set of these very, very fast sweeping curves which you've just got to put into a rhythm and they're, they're, they're very, very difficult because they're very daunting. And that was the part of the racetrack that I struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, it just all started just clicked together. Um, and I'm, I'm actually having to do that at the moment. With you know, I tested yesterday at Winton, and and it's not clicking together with that rhythm that I need to find to actually find that that that, that pace. And and hopefully, in the next test, then uh, some of that will actually just click into place into place with the car, me and the car will will just, uh, you know, all of a sudden work out what I need to do to get the best from the car to find that little bit
1: of peak, uh, little bit of speed. <clears throat> we'll talk more about that around 8.00. We'll try and get Richie on the phone if you can, too, and we'll uh, have a yak to him about getting back into a supercar for the first time in a long time. Looks like there's no joy with Mitch Evans. He did say that he was doing something and he had something planned, but he said he would probably pick up the phone. Just get
2: on his Instagram, he'll probably see it. <laughs>
1: Well, I have texted him a couple of times and he, the old du- on WhatsApp and the double the double ticks have not come up blue, which, in other words, he's either ignoring me or he's busy. So there you go. It's 7.40. This is a Repco race control. There's been plenty going on. And since Murph and I didn't get to yak about it on Sky Speed on Tuesday, we'll probably talk IndyCar in uh, just a moment of what happened in the latest round because uh, that was an mm. interesting one, to say the least, and willpower yep. was all over it. 7.44 Repco Race Control on SENZ around New Zealand and Australia, wherever you are. Quick question for you. If you want to give us a call, 0800 150 11, 811, uh, 1 5 I've forgotten. 0800 150 811. We're, adm- new, we're new to this radio thing. Yeah. Uh, what race did Murph and Richie Sannaway test over the last couple of days? What are we giving away? Nothing. We're just oh. going to ask a question. Don't we just thought we'd ask a question, see if he wanted to chat to you about it. Uh, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. At what track did Murph and Richie Stanaway test over the last couple of days in the 51 Erebus Commodore? And can I just say, uh, the livery was pretty s- s- smick. I liked it. Schmick. Schmick. Uh, I love. it. It looked very good on track. It yeah. looked really cool, but I am more excited about the real livery with the flying Kiwi on the side. Cause uh, is it, it might it not be.
2: <gasps> no. Well, the, the delivery hasn't been, hasn't been, I haven't even seen it. We've not even got any um, uh, drawings or renders of it
1: yet. Oh, well, we, we've had the render, original render for yeah, last but it, but year. but it was last year. Yeah, but it's, don't you like that one? Yeah, but, you know, it could be maybe something new, it could oh. be something different. Sanjay's going. He's, t- Sanjay, our producer, he's a petrolhead like you wouldn't believe. Put your headphones on. Uh, what do you think? Do you think, Sanjay, put your headphones on, man? Do you think he should have the flying kiwi on the car? Absolutely, one hundred percent. They should have the have the flying kiwi
2: on the oh car. Maybe. There's two kiwis in there, and got to be proud of it, right? Maybe you need to start a petition. I will. Okay. Go t- s-
3: what is it? Assign me page. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, but 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 the thing here is he's teasing us already because it's it's not going to be that he's teasing us. You Why? Know, I,
2: don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know
1: you, and as soon as you say something like that, you, you know something that thumbs up. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, let's talk awesome. about it. Thanks, Sanjay. appreciate that. But it should be the Flying Kiwi, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, abs- flying Kiwi, 100%. Absolutely, and 100%. All Right, okay, because that's whatever he says, 100%. Not everybody says. Hey, Hey, um, IndyCar, last round over the weekend, just gone, four days ago. Uh, and uh, last Detroit Grand Prix at Belle Isle, the next year it's going to be on downtown through mm. a proper street circuit. And Will Power wins from 16th position, and that's got to be one of the – his best races in a long, long time.
2: Well, uh, you probably won't remember, but um, literally 12 months ago, he was leading that race. Yeah, I do do remember. uh, And comfortably leading that race. And there was a red flag with a few laps to go. And it was so hot there that, and he was screaming on the radio, we need fans, we need fans, we need fans. And he was the first car to pull in and stop. And then they wouldn't let anyone go to his car to help cool it down until all the cars came to a stop, which took a long time. Yeah, but and they went to go start the race again, yeah. and they couldn't start his it, race it, it car. It had
1: overheated, hadn't yeah, it? everything had
2: overheated. The electronics just got so hot that they shut down, they wouldn't work anymore. So he got absolutely screwed like you wouldn't believe. And he, man, he was angry, and he had the right to be angry about it. Um, and he goes good there, and he, and he goes good on those street courses and the ro- those road courses, and he he rolled up there. Didn't qualify well. Very disappointing. 16th. qualifying. Crikey, Dicks. Um, and then you know he goes out the next day on a on an alternative strategy. There was a few cars on an alternate strategy. Um, Scott Dixon was one of those cars as well. But but Will had just immense speed. Drove the thing to the front of the field, um, and didn't relinquish for the rest of it. So he put the uh, the reds, the alternate tyre, on right at the finish. Um, and managed to have a 16 second gap over Alexander Rossi, and they couldn't shut him down. But it was de- wait, well, they did shut him down. Um, he only won by one second. So the the alternate strategy, the ro- the red tire, was was a was not lasting long at all. Very heavy tire dig, and that um, had a big part to play with old Scott McLaughlin's race.
1: Oh, in lap 19, and because the, they were running, they they tried to run 19 laps, is what which is what Will Power ended up doing 1920 laps of the last and he just slid off. And do you so do you think that's a poor strategy call by Scott's team?
2: Well, it seems to me that it was just a little bit of um, I was surprised because of how bad the the alternate tire was on a race run. I just thought they were be- they're better than that to have better information and better mm-hmm. knowledge of that situation and, and maybe they just put too much too much on the driver to actually be able to try and look after the tire for that length of time and not lose mm. as much. They probably also bet on there being safety cars. And there was not one. Yeah. It was a green race on a street circuit that is just a little bit unheard of. And, and how
1: different would it have been if there'd been a late safety car for power?
2: Well, he would have been done. It would have been. He would have been a done dinner because the difference by that stage, when you you know when you end up having a safety car, you go out of your rhythm. The tire goes through a, a cooling down phase, and then you try and turn that tire on again after it's already been punished. Um, the the alternate the red sidewall tyre usually does not recover very well from that situation and I mean he had 16 and a half seconds it was down to under a second at the end of that race he did a, a mighty job of hanging on to that car and managing the tyres as long as he did but if there had been a safety car,
1: Alexander Rossi would have won that race. Alright, 7.49 this is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver 0800-15-0811 where did Murph and Reggie Stanaway uh, test over the last couple of days in the 51 Erebus Commodore? Back in a moment because we want to talk about Simona Dilt De Silvestre Silvestra back at Indy this weekend. Seven fifty four on Thursday, June 9, twenty twenty two. Uh, Simona Di Silvestra, there's a name we haven't heard for a long time. Former supercar driver is stepping out in a three race program with mm. Peretta Motorsport, which is tied in with Ed Carpenter Racing at Road America this weekend. It's gonna be gonna be tough. It's gonna be really tough. I mean I was just
2: reading the little article about it and you know, I think she's quite aware of how difficult it's gonna be. A couple of hours sitting in in an Indy car around that place, which is you know, I think I've said it last year when we were talking about Road America, one of my favourite <laughs> race tracks. Um, not that I've ever raced there, but it is just one of those that's ones the one that that's, that's the one you would that's take. So that's going to be a tricky. That's a that's a
1: tough, tough track. Certainly in a in a you know wings and slicks car with downforce like that, and an aero screen, which she has raised an issue about. She's finding quite different with an aero screen on it. Oh right. Yeah. Now I don't know. No, why I don't know. Why w- that would make a difference, that, but. No. But it's obviously uh, affecting her thoughts. The last time she raced, at Road America. She's, they haven't was, tested either. No, um, she's just going and cold. See, I man. think
2: we have to be realistic as well. We have not tested this year as a team. It's the <laughs> middle of the season. yeah, <laughs> like um, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what the the real reasoning is behind it, doing that well, because it just seems like a lot of money to spend for yeah. what exactly? Well, this is
1: this Beth Peretto who they ran Indy, I think last year. She hasn't yeah, raced, and yeah. this is her first non oval. This is her first non oval Indy race since two thousand eight. Yeah. last time she raced Road America was 2008 in, an, in, in Atlanta. And I'll be honest,
2: I have not, and it doesn't say in the article, I don't know what she's been up to. I mean, she did get that factory Porsche uh,
1: uh, the, GT
2: job, but I've not seen her name associated
1: no. anywhere. So It's um, also worth noting this weekend, though, Mirth, that uh, Hunter McIlroy will be there at ND Lights with Andretti Racing, picking up a P2 and a P12 at the weekend. And Billy Fraser, who's dropped down the order somewhat, uh, and Jacob Douglas in USF 2000. Oh, man, they, so will be, they, will, they will just be hanging out for the weekend to drive at Road America. Yeah, why not? 7.56, coming shortly at 8 o'clock. We talk bikes, two wheels. One of our faves, uh, Avalon Biddle, not too far away here, on Repco Race Control on SENZ. Definitely Disco Thursday on Repco Race Control. Hey, don't Why? you love this? What do you mean, definitely? Oh, does it doesn't sound good. Doesn't this make you want to get out and just put your dancing shoes on and just spin a few twirls and do your thing on the dance floor? No. Such a fun Sanjay? girl. such Sanjay. Sanjay, you would, eh? Come
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
1: There's, there's going to be the stock line. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You see, okay, Merv. One day you're going to go. You're just going to go and. Hit the dance it's floor It's Thursday It's Thursday, Thursday afternoon do you Yeah know? well you don't do this sort of thing Tired. in Hawke's Bay man Auckland you get out there and you do it Do you? you, oh, do you do? oh is it what you do? Used to oh, Used okay. to a long time ago It was 8.01 mm. Avalon joins us now to talk to us Avalon you'd be out there doing it right You'd be getting down on the dance floor to some music like that wouldn't you?
4: <laughs> I don't know about music like that but yeah <laughs> on the dance floor so She'd be a bit
2: more doff 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 music <laughs> you know? Yeah yeah You are kidding me Really are you a doof doffer?
4: Oh not. Oh
1: probably halfway in between Doc Stuff and, and, and your groove, yeah. Oh you see so you, you need to start listening to some seventies and some seventies disco music. All right. Uh <laughs> you and I were chatting. Thanks for joining me on, on Speed at the Weekend. Nice job. Don't get to too it. bloody comfortable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did,
4: did you watch it, Matt? What did you reckon?
1: Oh, I was um, I was in Australia,
2: seat. but um, I don't need to, I don't need to watch it to know that you would have been good. So just,
4: just we said we really nice things about you though, really okay.
2: nice.
1: No, sure. we didn't. <laughs> I think the opening line was, "Let's don't have some sun." Because me, not like here. don't suck up to me. <laughs> hey, let's let's start talking about the fact that KTM have confirmed Jack Miller. No surprise to you, and will it make any difference to him going forward?
3: Oh,
4: it's really exciting, isn't it? I mean, probably most exciting for me, I'm sure. But, um, mm. yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, they had two awesome riders in Brad Bitter and Oliveira, so definitely a big call to bring in Miller Buster. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to get on well with the bike. I really do.
2: Uh, why do you say that?
4: I think he's, uh, being Australian and coming from his background of Riding a whole heap of different bikes, he's just going to get on and ride it. Yeah, right. um, I yeah. think Binder is a bit like that too. He's, they're not, you know, they're, they're, it's had a pretty good position at the moment, but it might not be the most refined bike in the paddock yet. Um, and I think that's not going to faze Miller. He's just going to get on and ride it. I think he's probably going to really like the organised um, structure of riding in a team like KTM as well. So yeah. I think that's actually going to help him, um, you know, rather than the flamboyant, passionate Italians. Uh, KTM is very like structured and sticks to the plan, um, and I actually think that's going to help Miller
2: a heap. So yeah, I mean, what's do, your thoughts? Yeah, Ducati, Ducati are uh, are interesting, aren't they? I and mean, again, these Italian teams, Ferrari are the same. You know, they 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 tend to, you know. And there was reports early in the year. Bagner was talking about you know mistakes and things, and that they were. Not getting quite right, right? They were they were off. They kept changing things all the time, and and he felt like he was a test rider, not actually a MotoGP, you know, um, factory rider. Um, they, you know, it, it it it's sort of stigma that has stuck with these Italian marks, isn't it? That they don't always tend to listen potentially to the drivers, and they, you know, um, they lose their way, don't they? It's just sort of something that sort of. They've got a stigma with them, haven't they?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's just their way of doing things. And, I mean, um, good on them. They they stick to, to their way, and I think it works um, in some regards, and it works really well for some people, like hmm. Pico Bagnier. I mean, uh, he's really, really flourishing in that team. But, um, yeah, definitely, like, Slightly chaotic, and yeah. <laughs> you know what it's like when you when you're in an Italian pet garage, and you think everyone's arguing, but um, they're just having a conversation. That's <laughs> <laughs> how they go about things.
1: So, uh, yeah. like, yeah, wow! But, but Evelyn, you said that he he could write anything because that's the way he is. So why why would that not apply to writing the Duke? Do you think it's because I of the environment?
4: Mm, I think he's done really well on the Duke, don't you? Like, he, I mean, he has had some amazing results. I think. I'm not sure, just these last few weeks, it's really fallen apart. Um, but up until then, he, he's ridden that bike really, really well. Um, I'd say probably just as well as Peco Bagnier. So mm. I think he's had some great results there, but, um, yeah, pretty exciting. He got, pretty he got,
2: he, he, yeah, but then again, if we go back to last year, um, Peco won four on the trot uh, towards the end of yeah, that, that season. And, yeah. and Jack was, I mean, he did get a couple of results, but, I mean, Peco really just seem to gel um, in a way, and he, and he tends to be able to, seems to look after that tyre um, better than Jack is able to look after the tyre on, on the bike a little bit at the moment too. Yeah. yeah which is Yeah, I've
4: definitely noticed that and, and seeing um, Palo Chibati mm-hmm. and those guys you know, almost worried as the race is going on, mm. you see them remarking and re- making remarks about Jack and uh, the fact that he's wearing out his rear tire. And then sometimes it's almost like he goes the opposite way and rides too conservatively yeah, yeah. to save that. Yeah, so, yeah, unfortunately, as you say, that's quite true. um He probably doesn't have that consistency um and, and able to sort of continue with those results. But, yeah. Super interesting what uh, what KTM holds for right Yeah, maybe it's just
1: not as happy place. But well, it looks like they're gonna lose Oliveira because he's talking to Gershini, uh or team, because it looks like he well, wants he wants well. to hop on a Duke. So Oh well, well that's because Bastianini's
2: probably gonna end up on the factory Ducati, so there's gonna be a hole there. So it all there'll just be it's funny thing, around about. He didn't want he didn't want the tech three, he didn't want the uh, tech three no, in I the understand KTM. That but... Completely. I mean I, I mean Oliveira's won one races for KTM. How many has he won? Two, two or three. He's won for, yeah. for them, you know. So I totally understand that. Why would he want to go back to Tech 3, um, which is, you know, okay. is the junior, basically, team for, for kt But are they not
1: similar? Uh, so, yeah, they are,
2: but it's still... It's, it's not the factory team, you know. They don't run... Uh, in this, you know, side by side as a four car, a four bike operation, they run as two two a two bike, <laughs> bike teams. So, yeah. you know, you you want to be the factory. He's been there now. Why would you want to go backwards? Okay. I, I totally understand why he would probably want to move on and and see that, and especially when they're moving him to the side to bring in another rider. Hey, Avalon, yeah. did you see that? Um, how was uh, Nakagami's crash uh, the first corner?
4: Oh, wasn't that a vendor? Oh my goodness. I can't believe Jesus. he's
2: I can't believe he's okay.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Using your head yeah. using your head to knock a Moto G P bike over. That's Let's what he
1: did. Off. He wanted to, yeah, He exactly. wanted to be a rocket man. You know, fire himself <laughs> out of a rocket. Maybe that was an experience he wanted to try.
4: Yeah, yeah, I don't know that he wanted to try that one, but wow, he gave it a really good go. And yeah, I've seen the photos of him with all the bandages on his chin, and boy, I hate to think how bad that is underneath there, because you know, when you think of how hot those tyres are, how fast they were going, and as you said, he literally face ones that rear tyre is so lucky to um to, to get away with that. Unfortunately, Alex Rin's uh, fractured his wrist in the crash, so yeah. it'd be pretty interesting if he's going to be back for the next race. I think he will be, but it's pretty hard to write for the broken wrist. So you've got to wonder how uh, competitive he's going to be. And obviously Rin's pretty upset as it's the second race in a row that him and Hikigami have uh, come together and tangled up. So there's been no penalty as yet, but um, I'm sure there'll be some ongoing discussions there behind the scenes.
1: I wonder where Rins where do you think Rins ends up? That's
4: yeah, good, that's that's a tough call. I'd, uh, what I about I what about, about
1: one, a, a, Alex Marquez's ride? Because he's not doing much on that Honda.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just throwing it out there
4: yeah.
2: because you know you think about. Was well, there um, about that? Wasn't there? there? Was there was talk about some um, LCR on the weekend, yeah. and and uh, both Alex Marquez and who's on the other bike? Nakagami. What was it?
4: That? Is, it is
2: Takanaka-Nakigami. <laughs> oh, of course, Nakigami. You... Yeah, what it, am I talking about? I just said yeah. that. I, I, I
1: mean, just who was just wondering who there's Takanaka-Nakigami. But, neki but both,
2: of them, both <laughs> of them have been um, have been suggested that neither of <laughs> them might be there next year.
1: So, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I
4: think
1: we'll keep going. We
4: might see uh, quite a big shuffle around. There is um, a young is coming through Ayagura who's pretty fast. He's actually a... Uh, right up there in the points looking pretty good to be in contention to win the moto two championship so he could be a contender for Alfia honda and also aprilia um we we're seeing that new aprilia team so um potentially could be a possibility for runs would would be a bit of a backward step but uh, yeah he could see some potential there i guess
2: Hey, have you ever um, crossed the start finish line and started celebrating no. a result without <laughs> with, with, with one lap to go? Have you ever done that?
4: No, I was speaking with some friends on the weekend, some racing friends, and we all said we've all raced like after the chicken flag when you don't see it, but none of us have set up uh, a lap early. So
2: how's Paul? Oh my how gosh. do you reckon, Alicia Spar- I mean, oh my goodness, he's never going to let oh, it, you ever.
4: Sure. You saw the tears, didn't you? And yeah. Poor, yeah, he's an emotional guy, but, man, yeah, I can see how upset he was with that one. Um, Just had a senior moment. Yeah,
1: apparently moment. it's a common thing, though. Oh, senior really? moment. <laughs> had a senior moment. Yeah, 23. Yeah, yeah a yeah. senior moment. Four, uh, Fabio Quattro, funnily enough, leads the championship from Alessia Spargo, and Bastianini is third. Yohan Zarco is fourth, and the top five is rounded up by Pecco. Bagnar. But as far as we're concerned, this weekend live on Sky Sport, it's the Emilia Romagna round in World Superbikes. And your mate, your mate, top rack rat Oglu, hasn't had a win <laughs> this year. Now, it's only the third round. He has only missed out once on a podium right? And that was race two in the uh, Motul Dutch round because it's always been Bautista, Ratsakioglu, and Ray. And that race two was Bautista, Locatelli, and Lukuona. Why is your, you know, your man crush, your rider crush not getting <laughs> at the top of the podium right now?
4: Yeah, he's had a challenging start to the year. Um, we know that this happened last year as well, and that was only was the first win of the season last year, so is still hope but and it has been consistent but it does appear he's just lacking that last little bit to actually win the race um, to me it looks like confidence with the front end he's struggling with with the setup of the bike in the front end um, because he's just not able to pull off those passes and hold off Johnny Ray and Andrew, uh, Alvaro Batista as he usually is under the brake so yeah definitely a bit of a struggle there it looks Somewhat serious to me and that I think he's going to have to push extremely hard to, to fight for race wins, like as a push over the limit so to fight risk. for the race win. which is High risk. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough end to the season. But hey, if what we see this weekend at Mizano could be um, a turning point. So I think, yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of focus and attention on the races this weekend in Italy.
1: Wasn't this the same time last year that he started his run?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so it's definitely not too late. Definitely okay. uh, not too late. We might see some more of those ding-dong <laughs> right down to the last lap battles <laughs> between Ray and Top Rack that are, yeah, just um, pretty neat level.
1: You've ridden Masano, haven't you?
4: Yeah, I I absolutely love that track. It's it's kind of like a stadium, um, particularly the last part of the track. There's big grandstands that just look over it, um, and it's quite enclosed compared to some of those big open circuits like in Malora or Mugello. So it really does feel like you're in a football stadium, and uh, obviously generally gets big crowd. And it's by the beach and good restaurants and yeah, everything you could want from a restaurant
1: mm. <laughs> Do you notice? Do you notice the restaurants when you're riding? <laughs> on speed we talked about this but we also talked about the fact that you'd ridden at Le Mans we talked about the three Kiwis racing in Le Mans we had Nick Cassidy on earlier this evening uh, he and SVG are racing Le Mans for the first time for you racing on Le Mans but a, diff- a, a slightly different circuit as right? the Grand Prix circuit is that correct no, the yeah. Bugatti circuit yeah. is a, is is to is, they only
2: use a very small part of the Le Mans 24 hour circuit. Uh, what is the, what is it like to
1: race Le Mans on a bike?
4: Well, that um, first corner is pretty scary. Well, mm. I don't even know if you'd call it turn one. It's kind of a bit of a kink. but um, yeah, just after that first straightaway alongside the pit boxes, and you tip into that first corner, it's poof. Super duper fast. (laughs) Uh, And then you obviously have to slow down in a big hurry for the tight chicane, um, turns two and three, which is just high side central out of there. So I rode a borrowed bike. Uh, One was pretty nervous about opening the gas on the exit of those uh, chicanes. So um, super fun track though. Like I said, super fast. And um, I think that's probably what I missed about riding those European circuits is uh, just how fast those corners are.
1: Mm. Would you, would you, as a, as a rider, would you ever contemplate riding the Isle of Man?
4: No, no, honestly, just not my thing. Like, mm. yeah, you guys hear me talk? I'm a MotoGP G P superbike fan, and uh, I'm all about like pushing to the absolute limit, and you know, trying to get away with it. And I think at um, Isle of Man, you just can't get away with it. But I just have huge respect for those guys, man. Uh,
1: yeah, three dead yeah, this year already, man. Well. It's just it's yeah, horrible. it's,
4: it's, it's tough. pretty rough.
2: It's yeah. rough, but it's it's not it's not like no one knows, right?
4: No, ex- exactly. Those those riders and their families absolutely live and breathe for the TT.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, and and so they'll know the risk that they're going in with. Um, but obviously they just enjoy that enjoy that thrill. And it's been a long couple of years without the TT for those riders. So, um, I'm sure most of them are. Super excited to be
1: back! Yeah, I, I got I to say, as 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 a greater challenge it would be, you'd still have to have a little bit of a screw loose to do that, knowing by making as <laughs> you said, top, that, flip that, top head. That, it is a flip top head. Uh, how's your, what is your weekend? of Are you going to get out on the bike this weekend?
0: Oh,
4: well, we've actually got a bit of bike maintenance planned for Saturday. Uh, big big day in the garage, <laughs> Referring a few bikes, and then uh, hopefully out on the dirt bike on Sunday.
2: How many? How many? Um... Uh, couples um, you know organize their weekends to work together in the garage (laughs) on their motorbikes actually we should we should find we should do a bit of a poll to find out if you how unique you actually are I love it I think it's
1: awesome
4: yeah it would be interesting I know a few I know a few girls who are um, pretty awesome mechanics actually yeah
1: Notice she didn't really <laughs> respond to think that you found, she found it awesome that her and Jake were doing it together, though. So you said it was awesome. And she goes, no, I know some other people that are doing it. Uh, din- din- no, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, no. I think
2: you're reading too much between the
1: lines. Always got to read something between the lines. Avalon, thanks for spending some time with us again on Thursday. Thanks for being my partner in crime on uh, Sky Speed this weekend. We'll, we'll talk again. Be safe this weekend, okay?
4: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, ya, Thanks,
1: bike. Avalon. That girl loves her bikes, man. She is. Mm-hmm. She just loves her bikes. Totally. When she started talking about why Top Rack's not going, I, I just sit back and listen. And she, you know, because she loves the guy. But she's quite right. You know, you think about the battles he had with Jonathan Ray last year and his ability to brake late and really jump on down on the inside. He's just a bit nervy now. It doesn't think the bike will handle it. It's really interesting.
2: Well, I yeah, which makes me think that um, you know it, it probably shows his superhumanness on a motorbike because I don't think it's as good as as the other two guys have got. So he's actually having to to you know work harder, and it's just uh, not quite there. And and anyway.
1: they were, and they, but they were so confident pre season about the electronics, the the car, the the yeah. so the bike was going so well. Yeah, but you
2: always say that. And pre season testing is not. You know, until you're yeah.
1: actually uh, in the first qualifying session of the year. Yeah. Um, the, you, know, that's, you don't have a level playing field <laughs> We're champions until race one That's yeah. how it works It's 8.18 This is Repco Race Control With Murph and McIver Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. 150811 uh, If you want to uh, tell us Where uh, Richie and Murph Tested at the last couple of days Because Richie Stanaway Is not too far away We're going to get his read On the test of being back In the supercar For the first time In forever And we'll talk to Murph About that as well So stay with us hey I reckon this Avalon, Avalon will be listening to this going, yeah, I like this. This is Thursday night. A bit of Funkarama. Tinkering with the engines. You know, you're in Jake in the garage, looking at the engines, and the maintenance, a little bit. Yeah, mm, Rick James. No, it's not Rick James, it's The Godfather, isn't it? James Brown. Ow. 8.23. This is Repco Race Control with Murphy and MacIver. Uh Interesting news coming out of supercars ahead of the Darwin Triple Crown round, which is a couple of weeks away, a couple of weekends, a weekend and a half away. Uh, raising tyre pressures, Murph. Uh, the uh, Let me just read. Well. Uh, the minimum tyre pressure is being raised to 20 psi, which is currently up from 17. It comes after abnormal... Uh, what did I write there? I can't uh, yeah, abnormalities discussed that discovered in the super softs at Winton. Unquote, quote, unquote, sidewall stress.
2: It's structural, ab,
1: ab, uh, abnormalities. structural abnormalities. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, talk to me about the importance of raising the tire pressure, and who or who <laughs> does it not benefit, or does it benefit? Any, or it no, the same. Level so playing it, doesn't, field it doesn't change
2: anything for anybody. Right. What it does is is likely. Um, will change the performance of the tyre. So the teams, the teams falsify the, the minimum tyre pressure requirement by putting the tyres out in the sun. They're not allowed any other, uh, any other way of actually replicating this. They can't put them in tents with heaters and all that kind of stuff or, or tyre blankets. The tyres the are not allowed to be heated um in any false kind of way but they have and have done forever is put them out in the sun and they get they get a temperature obviously rise the tires warm up the pressure inside expands so the pressure goes up and then um, what they do is they let the air out of the the extra air out of the tires on the grid before the race and and that falsifies the minimum pressure so that it says 17 uh, when the when the tire or the wheel is on the car just before the race but if you actually left it, to cool down properly in an ambient environment it would drop below that because you falsify you falsely raise the temperature by using sunlight and everything to do that so they've they've gone we need to actually have a higher pressure overall in the tyre we've made it 20 because the teams were getting a false seventeen psi to get better performance out of the tire over a long run, so they, you know, the overall pressure when the car's been racing around the racetrack is actually lower, and they, so they falsify that that control of that.
1: And I noticed in the change of the rules, but it,
2: but, there's, but that hasn't been breaking the rules. That's not. No one's breaking the rules doing that. It's it's they've found a way to do it within.
1: The legalities of of you know okay. of the regulation, but, but I note too you're now not allowed to quote unquote bake the tyres. So
2: you're not allowed to have them now in um, the direct sun. sunlight. Yeah, yeah, and any at any time, even when they're in the garage. So if the you know the sun's beating through the garage, you can't have your tyres sitting there. They've actually got to be in the shade or in a tent out the back, um, but but not allowed to sit in the sun like that. That wow. you know what the teams do, and obviously in Darwin it's very hot. So you get a high tech track temperature, a very high track temperature, uh, high ambient temperatures, so therefore the tyre getting the tyre pressure nice and low is really, really important. But the structural abnormality will be coming from hitting kerbs on a low pressure. So they start the race, got a low pressure in the tyre, they whack into the kerbs, bang, 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 and that squishes, obviously, the sidewall in the tire and the tyre and has given it this this issues where they're seeing a structural um, problem yeah. with it. So they're raising it up, 20 psi, um, and it will be a closer, genuine PSI now that they've a uh, 20 PSI now that they've said you cannot put them in out the in the sun.
1: Oh, okay, something to look forward to the Darwin Triple yeah, Crown. Yeah, well, it
2: might mean that it might mean there's more dig. So the SuperSoft hasn't actually um, delivered the tyre dig that everyone was hoping it would, and that's a little bit because probably of the falsification to the tyre pressure. So 20 on a hot track uh, with a hot ambient and a super soft tyre
1: could mean we actually get some. Um, some desired dig for, uh, for some entertainment. And some pretty cool liveries coming out on Speed Cafe as well of all the cars with their indigenous round liveries. And yeah. i got to say, the Red Bull Racing, ample Red Bull Racing one looks pretty fly. Pretty fly? Yeah, I'm searching. I'm, I'm searching. yeah I'm searching okay. 8.27, Richie Stanaway coming next. 8.31 here on SENZ in New Zealand and the SEN app in Australia. Mark, if you were trying to get in touch with us about the prize last week, give Sanjay a call, and he just needs your details on that one from last week. Well, the last couple of days, the, the start of the return to Bathurst for Greg Murphy and Richie Stanaway finally got going finally got going, and they turned laps at Winton in the Boost Mobile Erebus Commodore, and uh, Richie Stanaway joins us right now. Uh, Richie, I was watching some (laughs) stuff on Facebook from Supercars, and uh, Barry Ryan said, along these lines, uh, Richie didn't miss a beat. Looked like he hadn't been out of a supercar. Did it feel like that for you? Hey, man, how's it going?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, really. Um, Yeah, it's hard to know... um I guess track condition and stuff, but um yeah it was it was good to get back in the car um and uh yeah, it was good fun
1: uh everything seems to go sweet i mean the, the Murph Murph was out there he's he's having to relearn, I mean, for you just to find that familiarity, you know corners, you know, braking, all those sorts of things, did it take long to just switch on?
0: uh, it was pretty rusty the the first few laps, um yeah just being away from it for so long and, um, been on my sim a a bit, but you don't get that, uh, sense of speed or, or, I guess sense of fear of, um, what could go wrong if you, if you make a mistake when you're on a simulator. So, um, yeah, I was a bit, a bit low on, um, brake pressure and braking a bit early for the first few laps and, um, kind of, you know, feeling like I was fairly close to the limit, but then. Looking down at the dash and and seeing the lap time and <laughs> realized we got a, a few seconds to go, but it, it it didn't sort of catch me off guard too much because I I'd, I'd sort of prepared myself for it to be that way. So um, yeah, it was just a matter of um, just doing laps and um, getting comfortable again.
2: I mean, um, man, I'll be you know sort of watching you very closely, and and uh, we've been talking. A lot, and uh, again, in the last couple of days, you know, spending some time together at the racetrack and bits and pieces. I mean, I, I it's, you know, you have definitely got the twinkle in your eye, the sparkle, and, and you know, you're you saying how it took a few laps to sort of get things going again, but I mean, you jumped out of the car after the first run, and what was awesome was, uh, you know, you were comfortable straight away you know the car was actually quite good right I mean um from what you compared to the last time you drove one in 2019 uh, Gary Rogers which really wasn't going well at all um the positive thing for both of us was that the Erebus car was pretty strong and and felt pretty comfortable out the gate right
0: yeah yeah I I was impressed straight away with the car um just ergonomically and and um just, just the initial impression felt good. Um, I remember, um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to sort of
4: bag bag Gary Rogers
0: motorsport. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, he won't hear. Yeah. I, I remember my first day with them in, um, 2019 at Phillip Island. And yeah, it was, it was the complete opposite. Um, I guess first couple of runs, I just, yeah, didn't feel confident at all, but, um, yeah, this was the opposite, really. The car just felt felt good right straight away, and I felt like it was just a matter of me, I guess, getting up to the point where I can try and extract um, the capability of the car. But um, very good first impression. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's I've I've seen, um, uh, at, you know, at times I've watched Erebus on boards, you know, with Reynolds and Anton, people like that, um, you know doing good stuff at um, Bathurst and whatnot and I've been envious of their onboards at times. Um, so it's nice to actually get behind the wheel of one and
1: um, you know feel it firsthand. As the lead driver of this partnership for Bathurst, do you set the car up for you and does Murph have to uh, f- uh, fit into that or is it a, is it a collabor- collaborative setup?
0: Um, I mean, ergonomically, it's always just a bit of a trade-off, I guess, between the two of us. Um, I like to, um, make sure that, you know, I mean, I've only been a main driver a couple of times, but I've, I've always liked to, you know, make an effort to make sure the other driver's comfortable. I know there's a few guys that are just are pretty stubborn in, in, in the way they want the car ergonomically, but, you know, I'm happy to make, compromises to make sure that we're both comfortable and then set up wise it's um yeah I mean we haven't really got that far yet in terms of set up but um I'd say we'll be we'll be led more by um the other two full-time entries um Kostecki and and Will Brown um but yeah when, when we get sort of um probably midway in, into Bathurst I'd Want to be maybe looking at a few things set up wise to um, suit us because we both left foot brake. So, um, in my experience in the past, you do you can get some little subtle differences in in up with left foot breakers because you, you're getting the car into pitch at slightly different times, and if, if you drive a car that's that's built around a, a right foot brake it can introduce um, some little differences in the setup. So yeah, we might look at making some um, set-up adjustments and stuff that that just suit us. But, yeah, I mean, it's just about making us both comfortable and, um, yeah,
1: just trying to get the most out of ourselves. How much are you learning off Murph? <laughs> that- no, 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 no oh, but I'm I mean, blunt here because you know there's there's years of experience and there's four Bathurst oh, titles and there's one point four seconds also behind you. He's raced in Europe and driven uh, for the most, uh, yeah, the, the no. biggest
2: race teams, some no, of the biggest teams in the world. So um, you don't even need to ask this question. Okay, so you're learning nothing, no, nothing from Murph. When are
1: you going to get into him, Tell him to speed up?
0: Um yeah I mean we haven't got that far yet it's um yeah well uh, so I'm you've, sure it, we'll be fine. you've you've made you've
2: just made it really awkward <laughs> a really horrible question to ask a guy who's been a professional race car driver and, no, and, just, uh, and is as good as anybody yeah, really yeah, that I've yeah, ever seen you know, so um, there's nothing to learn from an old uh, pretty much retired uh, has been okay.
1: All oh, right, it was, yeah. it was not necessarily, but it might have been other things we could have talked about. But that, that's okay. So, so Murph, I mean, you look really happy coming coming in tonight. They're like it's like yeah, back in the car, lots to learn. Uh, are you excited about this now? That this now happening? Uh, excited's a pretty strong word. Um, you know, there's there's
2: <laughs> there's stuff to there's stuff Best to confidence for you, Rich. Work on. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I mean yeah, you've got to put it you've got to see it from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the, you know, I keep reminding everybody this was not my idea. I didn't yeah. you know, it wasn't Richie's idea. We didn't we didn't come up with this concoction and go, hey, wouldn't it be great to go back to Bathurst after eight years and, and you know, pretend that you know what you're doing again? You know, like it's 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of um a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of pressure in many respects. I'm not feeling pressure to perform. I'm just you, you can't you can't roll up to Bathus and and just flog around there and get in people's way and 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 come across as a you know
1: as a well, as a twat. Not, but so, that's, but that's not what you guys like. You're both competitive no, I know, animals, but it so. doesn't
2: mean that it's going to happen.
1: No, no, no. I understand so, that, but I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. We're putting it into context, so right? So,
2: I don't. I, it's, it's difficult to sort of go. Oh, are you excited about it? It's like, well, I've done it all before. Um, you know. Um, I'm far removed from from it, and now you're going back to do it again, and and, and it's 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 not sort of, um, yeah, I'm, it's not something that I suppose I used to get excited about because it was my job, and now just because I'm going back eight years later, um, it's not like it's not the first time I've been there. I know what to expect. You know. Uh, okay,
1: I'll try and get one final thought from Richie. Are you excited about going to Bathurst and racing the Great Race?
0: Uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess, yeah, I'm on a a similar page to Greg really. Um, we're both, uh, yeah. I mean, probably (laughs) feeling a pretty similar way. Like we're both sort of happy to, I guess, not be (laughs) racing, but here we are. But it's, um, I guess it's just about, you know, we, we, for sure, we're going to be out of our comfort zone, you know, um, both of us, you know, we haven't raced in a while. It's, um, I guess people just have to understand that, you know, what we're doing is is, is going to be very very difficult. Um, so yeah, I mean, anytime you do something just that far out of your comfort zone, it's always going to be stressful, you know. And um, it's, um, you know, re- regardless of you know what we've what either of us have done in yeah. our careers, it's I guess people unless you've Done it, you don't really understand, that, you know, how difficult it really is to just kind of go back in and, and just show up at, at a race like Bathurst. It's um,
2: especially considering it's, the 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 caliber, right? These guys driving these cars. And that you look at the differences in the in the lap times and qualifying. Hey eh, Richie, I mean everyone is doing a, a really good job. The guys at the back are doing a good job. They're driving the absolute wheels off their cars and they're not that yeah. far away from the front, but yet they're at the back of the grid. I mean, mm-hmm. for us exactly. to, to even yeah. mix with the guys that are in the outside the top twenty, you know, considering yeah, that they're exactly, doing this yeah. every few weeks, is is a, yeah. is a bloody hard ask.
1: You know, and I think everyone yeah, needs to understand yeah. that. Okay. Right. Yeah. You 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 kill joys. I was having fun until that, but I understand <laughs> I understand reality. I'm just gonna call it uh Murph and Rich's big adventure. There you and, go. and let's leave it at that. Uh Rich, it was always a pleasure talking to you. Nice to see you smiling and back in the car, man, and we'll talk again, okay? All right. Thanks, mate, Cheers. Yeah, Cheers, you're talk. welcome. Eight forty two, this is Repco Race Control. A fun time to be had by all. Motorsport. Oh, oh now, uh, now now, you're doing the head <laughs> This is more Avalon's music, I think. <laughs> no, this is what, what do we call this, hip-hop? It, it, it's, is it rap or hip-hop? I never, I can always, I, is there a, a clear definition between rap and hip-hop? Nah. Okay. Did you say that on air, Nah. Oh, you just said nut nah in my ear. 8.47. Uh, this is Revco Race Control with McIver and Murphy. Uh, Azerbaijan Baku this weekend in Formula One. And I got to ask, there's things floating around F1 that are making me ask questions, Murph, right? So <laughs> we've, we've got teams that are complaining about the 140 million euro or whatever cost cap. But now, if I are talking about a salary cap Aww. as well. So we've got brand new cars. Is the competition that we are seeing that much different to what we've had in the last few years? I say Ferrari have replaced Mercedes as the number one and two team with Red Bull. But we're not seeing too many other challenges, are we? We're seeing a better midfield battle. But don't we want to see that midfield challenge the big two? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so and that midfield wants to McLaren doesn't want to be well,
2: want um, to shop, wavering yeah. around um, filling up the the <laughs> back end of the top 10 hmm. um, and neither do do any of the other teams either
1: um but but you're right I, I listen we are ha- we in a transit do we have to suck this one up as a transitional period no. Because I don't think they've, they they made don't. a big deal that we're going
2: to have closer racing. Well, some of the racing, I I think what they'll do, they'll come out with some statistics at some stage showing the spread of the field at the end of races. But saying that, we've still seen races this year where cars have been lapped yep. quite, con- con, you know, con- convincingly yeah. as well. So, so the the top teams are still, you know, got that advantage. They've still got that IP, the knowledge, the smarts, the best people. Now, the the the, the expenditure cap, um. Is going to just probably? Let's hope that that is going to make a difference as it moves on into a season, so that those top teams can't actually develop their cars anymore. I would hope that that's what happens. But doesn't this take away what we? Th- because th- they can f- spend their money all quicker. About. No, well, yes and no. But how? But when? So it does. But when you have got budgets of five hundred million dollars yeah. being spent by Ferrari and Mercedes or four hundred million or whatever it is what the what hope has anyone else got you yeah, know so okay. therefore we complain because the competition's so terrible and you've got Mercedes winning every championship for the last what was it nine years or eight Damn years man. or whatever it is right so I don't want that. No, none of us do. And so you can't control them when they don't have a, have limitations. They will just spend and, spend and spend and spend and spend and spend whatever they want to. I mean, um, if you take, for example, Haas, we were just talking about that before we came back on air, last year they gave up on the last year's car and they focused on putting money and effort into this year's car and it's benefited them because they've actually been, um, you know, had some good results this year, much better Early than what on, they yeah. Oh no, they still are, they still are. Magnus and and, and uh, Schumacher have been inside... Top tens in practice and qualifying yep. and the like. So and that's, and that's the better indication. They're, they're showing they some develop. good speed yeah. there. So so, mm-hmm. but if if we it was an unlimited budget on this stuff, then you know the, the the picking order would fall back into line, and then you'd have these massive gaps between more so than what these than what we've got at the moment. So I think the test is going to be later in the season to see how some of these the the lesser teams who take longer, I suppose, to maybe bring in some of these development yeah. parts because they don't have all the resource, yeah, right. maybe they'll start to catch up a little bit later on. I would hope that's the case. I'm not sure I would believe that that's going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I, I, I mean so see,
1: Williams have been pinged already. for uh, they, they, they handed some paperwork in and they've been fined $25,000, something to do Ooh. with... Yeah, no, but it's still twenty five thousand dollars, right? But time. then F
2: one, I you know I read an article the other day. Um, you know the they are all talking about Domenicali. Um, you know is t- who's is talking about how much value there is in F one teams and that they've got people lining up to want to come and buy F one teams. But they're saying, well, the value now, and no one wants to None of the teams want to sell at the moment. Um, uh, Williams was bought for one hundred and fifty million. which was now they reckon just was the bargain of the century because they're saying it would have to be probably $750 (sighs) before anyone would even consider looking at at selling an operation or selling the licences because the value and the amount of people that they've got wanting to be involved, the amount of sponsors and things that want to be involved in these teams is exceeding
1: the uh, supply. Yes, but I I wonder whether... I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I'm beginning to wonder whether there's a slight... You know skew here because they're going on about the American market. Absolutely, a huge skew here well, now. Netflix, Netflix has done um, done this in many
2: respects for
1: Drive Formula to one. We we accept that now. There's, so there's a new race next year. There's Vegas next year. There'll be three. Uh, we we got we at Cota again. We're, yeah, we, yeah. We got Cota still to come. Right. We haven't yeah. done Cota yet, and we've just had um, Miami. But I wonder how long that honeymoon lasts. Oh,
2: totally. If the if the competition and the racing isn't isn't going to deliver in these markets, then they will suffer. So you're not going to be able to get by on just a, on a TV show. Um, Ridiculous because pricing because
1: too from Miami. Too. Yeah,
2: but on a TV show that you have sensationalized and now the drivers and the teams are going, well, and yeah, you better mate. fix that, otherwise we are done with that stuff. So they've done that. People have bought into it. New fans have come along because they're like, "Oh wow, this is wow, amazing!" Blah blah. But but now the teams and the drivers are going, "Well, that's not actually true." So we're not going to do it anymore. So you better sort your shit out. Which is know?
1: quite disappointing because I'm a sucker for it. I like that stuff. A lot of
2: people are suckers for it. That's why it's, the popularity has been so but it's, high. But, it's, but, it's but for people like it me, off. it's tailed off. Like yeah. I haven't even watched this season no, because I mean it gave me the, it just turned me off that bad. Um, so they've got to keep working on it. And competition and racing and rivalries. And remember, Rivalrous. the rivalry last year between Lewis and, and, and Max was an absolute barnstormer. Oh, yeah. Absolute. Forget who you love and you and you hate, and who you prefer to win, and, and whatever. It was absolutely brilliant. In you know, all that arguing and yelling and screaming and Toto, that he's <laughs> saying, "Michael, you cannot do this." All that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, as much as it's racing, Toto. He annoys me, and it, it bad it was great for Formula One. It was yeah. brilliant for Formula One. We need, they need
1: that this year too, and they actually haven't got that at the moment. Does Lewis go again next year? Who cares? Do you think they Gaz- don't need him? The sport doesn't need him. Gasly take a spot because Gasly's going to get. If he's not. I don't think he'll he handle Mercedes another year and now.
2: Mercedes wouldn't. Uh, he he would not be good enough for Mercedes. You don't think he's talented enough? Not enough. No, definitely not.
1: Wow. Do they bring Stoffel back?
2: No, definitely not. Robin Freins? No, definitely no. not. He hasn't been in Formula One. Okay.
1: No. Is not Freins not done Formula One? No, they're not. He's, none of them are good enough. Yeah. Wow. Not, they don't. They so don't, so so not a as good as, dr- So you think as good as Russell? So a junior driver is going to jump in. Oh, somewhere along the way, grab someone from somewhere else. I don't know. On that uh, Alpha Tory chat, just briefly, and, and this is one of those great things. Do put we put Liam thi- Lawson in there? I was about to say. Do you think Liam Lawson gets a nudge if if Gasly, uh throws his toys? I don't know. It's it's it's
2: too early, too hard. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's. I feel for Liam at the moment because he's had a he's, he's had a shocker, yeah. a shocking run, two runs, um, two bad runs. And um, listen, we've not got all the detail, but I tell you he is going to have to pull something out of the hat very very soon to get back get get back going again well, want no, to matter, no matter no yeah. matter what the reasons are yeah. no matter if it's his <laughs> him or the team what it no matter what the reasons are he is going to have to um, Up his value again very quickly by doing something that everyone goes ah okay he's back because they've got Yuri
1: Vips who's a Red Bull guy, but they can they can they they can Red Bull have got drivers uh, drivers coming coming out there? You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think Louis Sharp's back uh, racing F four again this weekend. He posted something on Facebook saying, "Well, see if I can uh, yeah this third race, see if I get a podium, another podium, my third race house." He's in he's in good spirits. We got got drivers. Should be yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got drivers for Africa. Uh, What are you doing this weekend, man?
2: Oh goodness, haven't thought about it. Um, I think I get home Saturday morning, so I've got some work to do tomorrow. And pool going to uh, be there, and then um, I think I'm home this
1: weekend. Mow the lawns, there get on the well, ride. Well, they on. need to mow because um, they've. You had uh, rain yes. down that way. Yeah, we had some rain. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, do you have a specific way you mow the lawns so yes, you get of those lines? I do. I'm anal. Oh, so do you have? Do you honestly on your ra- do you have those lines so you go one way and the other so you get that like almost like a. Yeah, yeah well you know it's a pretty easy the,
2: the mower you know pushes the grass one way going one way and it pushes it the other way so you just
1: yeah they've got to be straight that's why the kids don't get to mow my lawn Sanjay's looking at me and saying Makaiva did you know that we are done for this edition of Repco Race Control nice to have you in the studio man nice to see you back in a V8 cannot wait for this <coughs> journey this adventure Richie and Murph's adventure to continue uh, safe driving mate we'll see you next week see you next week